Welcome to Us and My Life. Love you and I, cause I love you so much. Oh, 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 I just love you. I just like help, help. I just like help. I just like you too. I just like you. I, 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 I just love you. Happy New Year! I love you. Say goodbye. You're going to school, and that's okay. Yum 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 yum. I just love you. Welcome to Optimize My Life. It pre- presents through their eyes, unveiling the importance of historical perce- perceptive and preservation of our history, uncovering history's hidden truth. Welcome to our hour-long edition of our of our radio show, where we d- all dive deep into the significance of examining history through the eyes of historical figures, rather than through the lens of modern times. And, and in our first episode, we are going to explore why this perspective is vital for understanding the past, as well as the crucial role of preserving and passing down our history for future generations. When we look at things through their perspective and we look at different things through different eyes, it helps with self-recognition of yourself and self-realization of yourself too. It helps you see them as individuals, as people instead of just objects. And at the same time, it helps put you in their shoes and learn how to relate to them because these they may have done big things but at the end of the day they are just a person they put their shoes on one shoe at a time put their pants on one leg at a time the power of historical perspective we begin by discussing the power of historical perspective and how it allows us to escape the limitations of our own time by immersing ourselves in the mindset, the values, and understanding of the events and decisions that shape their lives. When we study history through the lens of historical figures, we open ourselves to a world beyond our own. It is through their eyes that we can only truly grasp the motivations, the circumstances, the complexities that have influenced their lives and actions. By immersing ourselves in their mindset, their values, and experiences, we develop profound appreciation for the forces at play during their time. Historical perspective allows us to escape the limitations of our present-day knowledge and biases. It enables us to empathize with the struggles, the triumphs, the challenges faced by those who came before us. By understanding the world as they saw it, we gain a deeper respect for their resilience, their innovation, and the choices they have made in their face of adversity. Through historical perspective, we begin to comprehend the context in which historical figures operate. We recognize the social, political, and economic and cultural forces that shape their lives, influencing their beliefs and actions. By peering through their eyes, we discover that events are rarely as simple as they may seem from a modern standpoint. 
Also, historical perspective helps us to challenge our assumptions, our preconceived notions, and reminds us that values and norms evolve over time. And what may be deemed acceptable or significant today may have been deemed quite differently in the past. It prompts us to suspend judgment and approach historical figures with an open mind, allowing their stories to unfold in all their interests. By immersing ourselves in their mindset, their values and experiences of, historical, of their historical figures, we gain a richer understanding of the events and decisions that shape the lives. We come to appreciate their struggles, their triumphs, and their choices they made within the unique circumstances of their time. Through historical perspective, we bridge the gap between past and present, connecting the collective experiences of humanity across generations. So let us embark on this journey of historical exploration, where we transcend our own time and embrace the perspective of those who came before us. By doing this, we unlock a treasure trove of wisdom, empathy, and enlightenment that allows us to truly understand the world and its complexities. You know, one thing that always comes to mind when we talk about this is if you look back in time, what we deemed as pretty or beautiful now was deemed poor, was deemed unhealthy. That, you know, women that were bigger back then was what was considered a sex symbol of the day. It hasn't been since modern times that what we consider a pinup or the supermodels that are skinny to be the sex symbol of, of what we consider now gorgeous. Well, that's one thing, one way to look at it, too. You know, look at how things were back then, what was considered good, what was considered bad. And all of this is going to go and launch into our show coming up in August. We're going to launch a family show, an educational series on Sunday nights in the evenings for families to listen to, and we're gonna cover and talk about historical figures. And we're gonna recover, cover them on through their eyes and their stories and what they lived through. So when you start learning about Robert E. Lee, General Washington, um, Eli Whitney, and we're gonna also cover a lot of significant individuals that didn't make the top 10 list that had such an impact on our history. But look at them through their eyes. Also launching this fall in time for school to start, we're going to have classes. We're gonna call it homework help. So we're when we launch our TV shows and all these things, we're gonna have professionals on to help you with learning how to do the new math, how to work on phonics. We will have a whole educational segment set up for y'all to be able to get help when there's no one to help you. You know, and as a parent with special needs kids, helping them understand some of this new math I can't do it because I don't understand it myself. So we're going to get individuals to be able to help you learn how to do it to understand it. 
Why, hi, country. How are you? How are you? I'm doing better. I can walk today somewhat. Well, um, Mary, the first thing you said was I knew the new generation really doesn't take on the value on what their mom and grandmother and granddaddy and family members did. But see, too, Mary, with us working on a different sector, I understand that part better than a lot of people because the children, atlantachildren.org, 99% of the kids that come through my program are foster kids, time me three to four, time to reach 12 to 14 years of age. They've been to six to eight different homes with no high school diploma, no GED, and 38 counties don't want them. They send them over to us. So I'm able to look from the outside in and then from the inside out because I had seven brothers, younger twin sisters and an older sister. That's ten people. Then you throw in my mama's sister. They call my mama Mary and Martha. She had three kids. My uncle came home from the war. And then my grandmama and granddaddy, 17 people living under one roof. But, Mary, every day, every day, I can't remember a day that we didn't eat. Family time was dinner time, counseling session. Mary, how was your day at school? Country boy, did you learn anything new today? Boom, 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 boom. They would tell jokes. They would say, Aunt Moth used to go down to the creek and wash your drawers. You know, they would share and slowly download pieces of information. Notice I said pieces. We have scattered pieces in all of our lives. Take the good pieces and leave the bad pieces behind. But Mary started telling me, okay, country can't just always say that. you got to take the good, the bad. Ain't that what life is? Good and bad, good versus evil, up and down and front and back. But here, back to what my point was, value. If you don't value who you are, where you came from, what you've been through, what your mama then went through, and what your granddaddy then went through, you're going to be lost. Because they used to just throw a cliche, I, I didn't know what it meant. Oh, if you don't know where you came from, you're not going to know where you're going. I'm like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I know where I came from. No, you don't. If you don't know your history, you don't have a clue on where you came from and what the praying mamas and the praying grandmothers and stuff that they had to do. And then most of them, if the truth was really told, worked 24-7. They always, always, before Coca-Cola, had to work. Why? Because they wanted their baby and their grandbaby to have a much better life than they had their own. And if we don't understand that part of our history, we don't have no value on who we are, what we have. Stop complaining about what you don't have. Be thankful. The biggest thing, and I'll stop right here, Mary, is regardless of where you came from, who you came from, and what part of the world you came from. There's certain thing called a cycle. That means goes around, comes around. Of appreciation, you should have. I'm not telling you what to be. 
I'm just telling you that you should have an attitude of gratitude. Back to you, Mary. So as we continue this on, which I completely agree, and what's good and bad is in the eyes of the beholder. What one person may think is bad might be good for someone else. But understanding what the pitfalls, first of all, what present, presentism is, first of all, and what the pitfalls of that is. And what present, presentism is, is looking at things through our eyes of what we are experiencing right now, not looking at things through theirs. So as we explore the dangers of it, the tendency to judge the past based on present-day values and knowledge. By falling into this trap, we risk distorting the historical narrative and failing to grasp the complexities, the nuances of historical events. As we delve into the importance of historical perspectives, it is crucial to acknowledge the pitfalls of the presentation. Presentism, that is, that can hinder our understanding of the past. Presentism can refers to a tendency to judge historical events and figures and cultures through the lens of our current values, knowledge, and social norms. Cognitive trap that can lead to distorted inter- interpretations and a shallow appreciation of the complexities and nuances of history. When we succumb to presentism, we impose our modern beliefs moral standards, and expectations onto the past. We view historical figures and their actions through the limited scope of our present-day context, going to consider social, cultural, intellectual, in which they existed. This narrow perspective hampers our ability to comprehend the motivations, the choices, and the consequences that shape their lives. By applying present-day values to historical events, we risk oversimplifying complex issues and neglecting the intricities of the past. We overlook the fact that society evolves and transforms over time, and what may seem obvious or unacceptable today might have been entirely different in the past. Failing to grasp the context in which historical figures operated, we can lead to a shallow understanding of their actions, blurring the true essence of their motives, and inhibiting our ability to appreciate the magnitude of their impact. Moreover, presentism limits our capacity to, for empathy and understanding. It prevents us from immersing ourselves in the mindset and worldview of historical figures, hindering our ability to comprehend the challenges they face and the choices available to them within their historical context. By projecting our own beliefs onto the past, we risk overlooking complexities, tensions, constraints that shape our historical events and figures. When we look at things like this, it makes it so easy to judge. Like we had a gentleman on last, on Monday talking about slavery and how it wasn't just white on black for slavery. A lot of African Americans or blacks owned slaves. A lot of women that were widowed had slaves to help them on the farms because the husbands passed away. Also, he helped bring into perspective of the fact that, you know, 
the slavery was not invented by the United States. It was something we went along with, and we did also. Out of the people that sold the slaves from Africa, these were people that we would consider bad and were for murder, for rape, for theft. For, they were not the pick of the litter when it came to people you want in your society. It was their way of getting rid of the bad seeds. But those are things that are not talked about. It's just talked about how bad it was and how people were. some people were treated, not all of them. And so we don't look at everything through a context. We don't look at everything through all perspectives. We just look at it through our narrow-minded society. And we've gotten just as bad, and if not worse, now. Because if you don't agree with a certain viewpoint, you don't agree with a certain group, instead of people listening to each other and actually having debates, you're canceled. They they just don't want to deal with you. Or they troll or bully you into submission. You have to believe what everybody else believes you know, another good example is the flat earth theory. We have a huge number of people in the world that have not learned anything and believe that the earth is still flat. And that is all they believe. When we look at things, we need to look at them through the eyes of who it is and what was and look at what was going on during that time period and what what the world was like through that time period. Why, hi, Mr. President. How are you? Oh, Ron must be muted. The next point I'd like to talk about is lessons from historical figures. You know, through stories, through experiences of historical figures, we extract valuable lessons and insight that can inform our present lives by studying the, their successes, their failures, and motivations. We gain wisdom and inspiration for navigating our own challenges. One of the greatest treasures that our history offers us is the wealth of lessons, the insight we can derive from the lives and experiences of historical figures. By studying their stories, their successes, their failures, and motivations, we have that opportunity to gain valuable wisdom and inspiration that can shape and guide our present lives. Historical figures provide us with role models, mentors, and sources of inspiration. They offer us glimpses into human conditions that demonstrate the remarkable potential of growth, the resilience, the transformation that resides within each of us. By examining their journeys, we can learn from their triumphs and setbacks, drawing strength from their perseverance, their courage, and determination. Through success of historical figures, we can identify patterns, strategies, and principles that have stood the test of time. Their accomplishments inspire us to to dream big, set audacious goals, 
and believe in our ability to make positive impact in the world. Whether it's in the realms of science, arts, politics, and social change, their achievements serve as beacons of possibility, reminding us that it's attainable with passion, dedication, and unwavering commitment. You know, one way to look at this, too, is that, you know, look at our historical figures. They, Abraham Lincoln, did not come from a big, rich family. They, all these historical figures, Eli Whitney that invented the cotton gin, they did not. They invented things, did things, because they believed it was right for them. But they also were just regular people. They were not politicians. They were not Ivy League school. They were not high in social status. You know, look at our very own Len Kane. And look at all that he's accomplished. You know, Captain Len Kane, you hear his story every Friday. He was a miner's family. He worked himself to help pay rent when his dad got injured. He followed the, the one comment his mom, one of the many, but the main one that his mom told him to go into the military about being kind and has built one of the oldest Long non-for-profit charities that still exist to this day. Next week, we're celebrating the 21st or 21st anniversary of it. But he took that and built it into something. And he wasn't somebody that was big and huge. He just persevered through life and stood to his beliefs and kept going and followed his heart. Mary, not really meaning to interrupt you, but one of the things that Lynn always talks about right after being a coal miner's kid is he has a program in collaboration with the Hope Collection called KISS, Keep It Simple, Serve It. And Lynn will always tell you, if you follow the path of people that's been there before you, not Nike, just do it. The people that we're working with has an attitude of gratitude, and they say something like, been there, done that, had a few knocks and bocks along the way. Let me tell you, I fell down, and I got back up again. In our program, we might say something to you like, well, we may not be able to tell you everything that works, but we can tell you what not to do. We understand where you are. We understand what you're going through. Mary mentioned it just a few minutes ago. She just put it in a different term. Your term based on Webster might be something called empathy or sympathy. If you have neither, then you understand nothing about your history, nothing about your past. Empathize. Sympathize. I can put myself in your position. I can feel, that's the spirit thing, what you went through. Now they're coaching you so that you, oh, I forgot to tell you, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And then Mary keeps telling us every day and reminding me, 
life is good and bad. It's good and bad. It's good and bad. Although we love the sunshine, we must still accept some rain. Can you imagine if the sun shined all the time? Oh, we'd all be thirsty. But can you imagine if it rained all the time? Oh, we'd be in a flood again, 40 days and 40 nights worth of flooding. There's a balance in what we're doing, but if you don't understand your history, don't understand where you came from, it's going to be hard for you to appreciate what you have. That's when I said a cycle of appreciation. I was back in 1972. I'm an OG. Um, I may not have uh, a big fancy car. I may not have diamonds in the back with a sunroof top, and I'd be digging the scene with gangster white walls. But the song says, but I'm thankful. Did y'all hear that word? I'm thankful for what I do have. If you want to start the day and increase your appreciation, be thankful for what you have. Stop talking about what you don't have. Because it blinks. It just puts a, a, a block, a dam, a detour in your mindset if you can't just appreciate where you are right now because every moment in your life is, is what it is for that particular point and time. If you're going through something Country right now, boy. if it did kill you, yes, sir. Yes, what sir. you're saying is actually is absolutely true. And you have been hey, Ron, sharing you with us. Gosh, I, how many years ago did we meet? Um, Rick Reese invited and in, uh, in, introduced us. Long time ago, right? Yeah, it's been like 2005, man. Yeah, it was a while ago. I think I'm having trouble with my phone, so I, my sound is going in and out. I just wanted to say a simple amen to what Mary is sharing. And um, what we need to do, and you're saying, is we really got to be more cognizant. We've got to be more aware of what's going on around us, who's going around us, and we have to help teach others. Because I believe a big thing that's been lost in this great sea of immersion of confusion and distraction in the last couple of years, and we're in it right now, is that people have lost sight of the fact that every individual has a value. Every individual has an opportunity. Every individual should be looking forward to how they can use God's gift that they gave them, give them honor for getting it, and then move on. And if we all did that, that's also called the kindness campaign, you know, treat others like you want to be treated, if each and every one of us will just do this and teach it, remember the goal, the theme of the Hope Collection is help others to help them help others. If we could just teach what we preach, not just preach it, but teach it, and multiply the numbers of us doing what we claim and are doing, we will make a difference in this world. Until we do, we're going to see, keep seeing this Saturday, or the Monday, the Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday night news of failure. And those people, that's a, people don't realize that news is a failure disease machine. And it only operates in success of failure. And we got to stop feeding it. We got to stop giving it the, the energy. You know, if you take the log off the fire, there's no heat. So we as individuals kind of step up. 
And I know people on the show every day do that and are doing it in the world, the circle we are in. But we got to go further. We're not done. Our job is just beginning. So I appreciate the opportunity, Country Boy, and, and Mary, to let me share a few thoughts. I just look forward to being part of walking down the road together. We are going down new avenues and new territory and a new morning and a new day. By the way, it's the first day of summer. Let's celebrate summer Ron, together, guys. Thank you. Ron, I need you to do us another favor before you exit, if you don't mind, please, sir. A lot of times we get a lot of time listeners, and they start to hear little bits and smidgens and pieces on things that the Hope Collection actually does. But, Ron, before you exit, if you don't mind, sir, could you share with us what Joel Griffin's vision was and he passed it on to you when it comes to being able to support people in the areas of life that they really, really need? Can you tell them about our eight pillars, Ron, before you leave? Oh, certainly. I would always do that, Country Boy. Thank you for asking if I'd do that. The eight pillars are what makes up a hope collection that Dr. Joe Griffin envisioned. He was the visionary. And it's based on having faith, family, housing, education, the arts, health and wellness, water and energy. Those eight pillars consist of the areas of both representation, services, connections to live people. One organization you're not getting, when you look into any of our, our uh, pillars, there's a person connected to it. You can speak to a live person. You're not going to get uh, at the end of this call, dial nine, hit hit period, hit number nine, hit number two, go to extension three, wait for this one. Is this a, you're not going to get any of that crap. Working with an airline company that watched me last year, uh, spent, I don't know, with one airline, we spent about two or three hundred thousand dollars worth of travel air. And this other agent, other tra- tra- air airline company, wants me to bring their business, some business to them. Well, I called them and I got, you know, what are you interested in? And it was one, two, three, four, five, and I went to four, and then I went to three, and then I went to two. I'm talking, I was on the phone 15 minutes, and I still didn't speak to a live person that says, hi, can I help you? See, we've gone to the days where supposedly you have a relationship and a text message. My theme, they're going to put it on my gravestone. You can't build a relationship and a text message. You need, country boy, you need your spirit, your heart, live. Your heart, you see it. You feel it, and you are moved by it. That's what we do, and that's what Joel's vision is all about accomplishing. Hope I did a good job today. Guys, have a great day. Yes, sir, Ron. Appreciate it, Ron. See you later. Bye, yeah. Bye Mary. Very country boy. Yeah. Anybody else? Bye. And it's funny. Thank you. And it's funny. I'm sitting here, and the sun was slowly coming up from the east down here in Georgia. And then, crazy enough, there was the clouds came in from one side of the sky. And it's sprinkling right on this side of the road. But I can look 50 to 100 yards right down the street. It is not even raining down there. You remember I said even though we love the sunshine, we must still accept the rain. Quick story. I remember playing with my ball in my yard, and they didn't want to let me play, so I take my ball back to my yard. 
while I'm over in my yard, slightly less than a 70 yards across the street, all of a sudden it comes a downpour. Here in Georgia, we used to say we were so flash, we drove so fast we could outrun the rain. But crazy enough, it was raining on my side of the street, and my neighbor and my cousins who lived on the other side of the street were standing watching me dance in the rain. I have appreciation from rain. I'm a water fairy. I'm the mighty Aquarian. <laughs> Instant love to add water. But ain't it funny how I could be so happy and dancing in the rain, and they were standing in the sunshine, but they act like they were sad and miserable. Although we love the sunshine, y'all, we must still accept some rain. Although we love this thing called life, we must still accept some pain. But it's okay to have some pain, but you can't go in the pain and stay there. What we're doing is we're building a Holy Ghost bubble, I've never said that before, around you. So things that normally would hurt you only makes you stronger. And the reason I had Ron to mention those eight pillars, because somebody needs to be connected in the art and entertainment world. Somebody needs to be connected on the spiritual realm, and they need some mentoring. Whatever your needs are, I just want you to know that everything that we do over here is very, very, very intentional. We have no hidden agendas. We have no hidden motives on what we do. We have every intention on blessing you, 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 and you. Why? Because we care. We're already in the information stage, and knowledge is power. We want to empower you, not with what we think, but what we know. We want you to know what you need to know in order to be able to grow. So I said, Mary, what are we talking about? She says, we're going to talk about history. I'm like, well, I'd rather talk about the future. But how can you know where your future is going if you don't know where you came from? It still makes no sense when you say that, even when I hear myself say that. But a lot of times if you don't know where you came from and you're headed somewhere, you're what they call lost. But see, last part, Mary, doing this journey, at one point in time, you're going to get lost. Thank God to Rick Reese, our business partner, who launched the satellite so we could have a GPS years ago. But on this path, if you find out that you're kind of in a place of your life and you don't really recognize where you are, you've never seen it before, you Googled your brain and your brain says, I don't know why you're asking me, information not found. This is what we're doing, and this is one of the main reasons why we started this radio show well over 10, 12 years ago so that we could reach out and touch somebody. That was before AT&T. We want to reach out and touch you regardless of what part of the world you're in because Mary doing her connection thing, she's connected us to about 90-plus countries and 60-something-plus languages. So I hope that you understand the words that are coming out my mouth, that we're over here to build you up, not take you down. We got enough love amongst us to make the world go around, and we're establishing what we call one 
nation. Y'all, y'all hear that word? One nation under love, and the word love needs no interpretation. So we don't care where you are, where you reside, or where you live, or how you're listening, or how you're tuning in. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Back over you, Larry. You know, equally important are the failures and challenges faced by historical figures. Their struggles and setbacks teach us valuable lessons in resilience, adaptability, humility. They remind us that even the greatest individuals have faced adversity, have made mistakes, and experienced setbacks along their path to success. By examining their failures, we gain insight into the importance of perseverance, learning from setbacks, and finding the strength to rise again. The motivation that drove Drove historical figures offers us a profound insight into human desires, aspirations, and the pursuit of meaning. By exploring the values, ideals, and purpose and, and beliefs that guide their actions, we can re- reflect on our own purpose and values, seeking alignment and direction in our lives. Historical figures provides us with a compass reminding us to live with integrity purpose, and a commitment to make a positive difference. Furthermore, studying historical figures can foster empathy and understanding of diverse perspectives. It allows us to transcend our own experiences and immerse ourselves into the lives of individuals from different cultures, eras, and backgrounds. By developing empathy, we cultivate a broader perspective, appreciating the complexity of human existence and the richness that diversity brings to our collective history. In our present lives, we face challenges and uncertainties and opportunities for growth. The stories and experiences of historical figures offers us guidance, inspiration, a sense of connection to something larger than ourselves. They remind us that we are not alone in our struggles, that we are part of a continuum of human history, and that we have the power to shape our own destinies. So as we embark on this journey of learning from historical figures, by studying their lives, we can extract valuable lessons and insights that inform our present lives, their triumphs and failures, motivations, aspirations, serving as a guiding light, illuminating our own path as we navigate the challenges and opportunities that lie before us. And this is the answer to your question, country boy, on why we can't move forward till we know where we've been. We need them and our stories of back then to understand what we've overcome, what we've been, where we've done to, to move forward. We use them as our, as our stepping stones, our platform to the next step. Another part of per- reason why we need to look back through their eyes and not through ours is by preserving our history. And this is a big button topic right now since we're tearing down statues, we're putting them away so they're not being seen, we're renaming everything. As we dive into the importance of preserving our history for future generations, we we discuss various methods of preservation, such as archiving, digitization, oral history, projects and significance of museums, libraries, and historical societies and safeguard our collective collective history. It is of critical importance of preserving our history for the benefit of future generations. 
we explore various methods and institutions dedicated to safeguarding our collective heritage, ensuring that the stories, the artifacts, and knowledge of the past are not lost to time. Preserving our history is essential because it provides a foundation for understanding who we are as individuals, our communities, and societies. It offers us insight into our roots, traditions, and the evolution of our culture, our social and political landscapes. By studying the past, we gain a deeper appreciation for our shared humanity and a greater sense of continuity with those who came before us. Archiving is a key method to preservation. Archives serve as a response repositories for historical documents, photographs, manuscripts, letters, and other primary sources that provide a first-hand account of the past events and perspectives. Through meticulous cataloging and conservation efforts, archives ensure that these valuable records are protected, organized, and accessible to researchers, scholars, and the general public. Digitization has revitalized the preservation and the accessibility of historical materials by converting physical documents and artifacts into digital formats so we can ensure their longevity and make them available to a broader audience. It allows for easier storage, searchability, and sharing of historical resources. Oral history projects projects play a vital role in preserving the lived experiences and narratives of individuals who have witnessed significant historical events. Through interviews and recordings, these projects capture personal accounts and memories. The perspectives that may not be documented in traditional written sources, oral history projects bring a human dimension to history, allowing future generations to connect with the emotions, the challenges, the triumphs of those who lived through pivotal moments. Museums, libraries, and other historical societies serve as, a, as guardians of our history. They curate and exhibit artifacts, artwork, and historical objects providing tangible connections to the past. Museums showcase our material heritage, while libraries house vast collections of books and manuscripts and archival material. Historical societies bring together individuals and organizations dedicated to the preservation, research, and promotion of local regional history. These institutions not only preserve physical artifacts, but also serve as educational hubs offering expositions, lectures, workshops, and community outreach programs. They play a crucial role in engaging the public and fostering a sense of connection to our collective past. Through their efforts, they ensure that the history is not merely preserved, but actively shared and experienced. Preserving our history is a collective responsibility. It requires the collaboration of individuals, communities, governments and institutions to allocate resources, support, research, and advocate for the protection of historical sites and artifacts. It is through our shared commitment to preserve that we safeguard our heritage and pass the rich tapestry of human experiences to future generations. By recognizing the significance of preservation, we honor the sacrifices, the achievements, and the contributions of those who have shaped our world. We foster a sense of continuity, inspire curiosity, and cultivate a deeper understanding of ourselves and our place in history. So let us value and support the efforts of archivists, historians, librarians, and cultural institutions dedicated to preserving our history. By doing so, 
we ensure that the lessons and knowledge and stories of the past are not lost, but continue to be enriched in our lives and guide them, guide the path forward. You know, one a good example of this is the Alamo. The Alamo was struggling to find funding to help restore it and keep it afloat. And so it's not something that a lot of people know about, but George Bush's brother, Jeb, actually bought the Alamo. And he's in charge of, he's restoring it back to its regular status in the way it was. And the cool thing is, is that the city of San Antonio is built in the original Alamo. So as you're walking through San Antonio, you'll see these, pillars coming out of the sidewalk or stone bricks in the weirdest places. Instead of tearing all that down when they built the city, they left them there and built around them. And those pillars you see in those little bricks, fences and little things you see throughout the city are the actual pieces of the original Alamo. Just like the missions that were part of the churches of the original Alamo, they held church services in them to repair them. All the money that was donated during services goes to repair the Alamo and all these missions of the Alamo. <coughs> you know, there's so many things like that. You know, Go ahead. Well, you were just telling me how wonderful it was. Uh, a little bitty guy that travel back in the old days with a guy named Bob Hope who used to commission Hello Country? I think we lost them for a minute there. <laughs> Apparently the radio show objected to Country. <laughs> I'm there. That's okay. I'm here. I can still hear y'all. Y'all might have me on mute, but the world gonna hear what I gotta say. Cause I speak we, with we a didn't vibration. See you. On that was that was the funny can part you about hear me? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Now you done brow me up. You should have just left me alone. You have a right to remain, and so do I. But I choose to give up my right to remain silent because everything that I say and everything that I do can be and will be used to bless somebody. Granddaddy, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody needs somebody to love. Yeah, we're talking about one nation under love. And you guess what? Love has to need no interpretation. But I have to tell y'all that love is not love is speed. Give it away. Watch me run away with this show. Here it comes. I'm gonna tell you the truth. Can you stand the can y'all handle the truth? I told a friend of mine yesterday, I said, man, I'm getting ready to body slam you with your truth. I said, can you handle the truth? He said, yeah. I said, are you sitting down? He says, yes. I said, well, stand up and take it like a man. <laughs> the truth. Let me share with y'all. Mary was reading. I got a little point in my road. I want to share it with you guys real fast. It's called the truth. <laughs> the face of truth is open. 
The eyes of truth are bright. The lips of truth is forever closed. The head of truth is upright. The breast of truth stands forward. The grace of truth is straight. Truth has no neither fear nor doubt and has the patience to wait. The word of truth is touching. The word of truth is touching. The word is truth is touching. Do y'all feel me? The voice of truth is deep. The law of truth is simple. Whatever you show, you should also reap. The soul of truth is flaming. The heart of truth is warm. The mind of truth is clear and firm through rain and storm. Facts are only in its shadow. Truth stands above all sin. Great be the battle of life, but the truth always, always, always wins. The image of truth is the cross. Wisdom's message is the rod. The soul of truth is God. Life of truth is eternal. Immortal is its past. Power of truth shall endure because the truth forever lasts. The truth is the truth is the truth until it ain't. Are you feeling me? Hey, I never muted you. It was hilarious. It just fit at the moment. I didn't. You just all of a sudden cut out. It just. It just blacked out on the phone. (laughs) Oh, and and while you're laughing, can y'all still hear me? Can you hear me now? Y'all hear that little laughing voice right there? Announcement. (laughs) Announcement. That 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 laugh is my most loyal friend, y'all. All the names were changed to protect Diane. You got busted today. Diane Bibble, my sweetheart friend, you guy. All the way from Hong Kong, by the way of Indiana, and ended up falling down in the dirty, dirty south. But still, did y'all hear that laughter? Y'all, they used to say smile, and the world will smile back at you. When Diana laughs, she'll never be laughing at you. She's always laughing with you. Thank you, Di, for being so sweet in my life. I'll be my immortal friend. <laughs> oh, <you>. yeah. <laughs> no, country, it just, it's been, it was funny as hell because you were talking, all of a sudden you weren't. So, you know, someone objected that wasn't me. I just had to go with it. I needed entertainment today. <laughs> I, I kind of felt like my brother ran up from behind me and put his hand over my mouth. <laughs> oh, by the way, he's the brother that threw me in the pit. The other one that kind of tripped me is the one that sold me into slavery. <laughs> but I'm back. <laughs> I went to jail. They told me Christ went to jail. Dr. King went to jail. Mandela went to jail. Country boy goes to jail. I was missing in action for about four or five hours the other day, and Diana sounded an international alert. Help, help, help. Got you boys in jail. No, I'm not. Let my people go. 
the show, I'm going to be Medea. <laughs> y'all, y'all see Medea going to jail. Oh, Lord. The judge is in trouble, and the inmates in trouble. Now, listen, you guys. We're making jokes, but we're making serious, serious, serious jokes. Been there, done that. Don't talk to me about going to jail if you've never been to jail. I've been to jail five times. Don't talk to me do about a, being homeless. Do a series, Country Boy. Been homeless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You ever been slapped? Don't tell me what you know what it feels like if nobody's ever slapped you. <laughs> Backhand. Pow. Ooh, wow. You didn't know you was hit until the pain went away. <laughs> the re- like a ricochet. The redneck life of country boy. <laughs> well, see, I was born in White County. I got jokes, but I got truth to back up my jokes. When I was born in White County, there was only 46,000 white people, but there was 243 of us Negroes. But we weren't no slaves. I got my 42 acres and two horses. Yeah. So I got jokes <laughs> and I got truth. <laughs> we got both. I'm saying this, you guys. Listen, you guys, I'm saying this because there's always two sides of the story. Mary, you've heard me say I came in on the short bus. I wasn't joking. They made me ride the short bus, but they called me boy genius, and I graduated from high school at the age of 14. God told me I'll take the last and make them first. I graduated before everybody in my family, and I'm the youngest. Yeah, smart-ass country boy. Oh, can I say that on there? You did? Straight out yeah. of the northeast Georgia woods. Just a little old country boy that still believes in good and blesses people the same way that the divine creator would. We're talking about uh, Juneteenth and slavery, and some of people didn't know. Forgive them, Father. Forgive them, Father, because they know not that they're free until two years later. That's when they had Pony Express, not Texan. So by the time it made it from Atlanta to Texas, it took two years for the word to get to the Negroes because they didn't have no cell phone and no email address. But what happened in the process is when they finally found out that they was free, they had nowhere to go. We're living modern-day time, and we was promised promises. Sometimes they break promises. They promised us – I'm talking Negro perspective now – Promised us 40 acres and a mule. We never got 40 acres. We don't even have two acres, and we don't have two mules. I throwed a joke at you just now and said, I got 42 acres and two horses because my granddaddy was slave down in South Carolina. My granddaddy is the only man in the museum with nine inventions. When they said the Afro-American Negro League is the oldest league in America, no, it's not. It's the Bean Creek Valley Vets that my granddaddy started when he came home from the war. Genius. He's got the government recipe for making liquor. Yeah, I know how to make liquor. I know how to catch trout. I know how to do these things because I paid close attention to my heritage. And when they pass the baton 
on the country, boy. I'm a better world changer with Mary, Ron, Rick, doing a ministry that no one can do but me. Why? Because ain't nobody can do what you do, like you do, when you do, what you do. But we feel so honored and privileged just to be able to do anything with you. So last one, Mary. So we're calling you out starting today. We're talking about every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl coming together to help make for a better world. We want you to come in and love your very, very, very best because anything less than that is absolutely unacceptable and it allows us, Mary, to do extraordinary things on ordinary days by simply passing love, hope, and kindness somebody else's way. So I want you old people to get up and start practicing. Practice what you preach. Practice doesn't mean you get perfect. Practice means you only get better and better at whatever it is that you do. Here's a twist. Don't miss it. Do unto others before, I said before, before they do unto you. Because when you give some love, some hope, some hope, and some hope, and some kindness away, eventually it will come right to you, even if it does not come from the person that it originally too came from. But what the world needs now is love. Sweet love is the only so, thing. Country, <laughs> since you took the short bus to school. What powered that short bus? Was it feet or gasoline? <laughs> you grew up watching the Flintstones, girl. We're talking about the Jetsons. You're on the wrong channel. <laughs> hey, the Jetsons came on after the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. Brake-powered, brake-powered cars. Oh, come on. We call them wagons. We made them left out of old wheels in a plane oh, so and created a square wheel. It was gravity drawn, baby. It was pulled by energy. Oh, you know what? My last joke for the day. They said, country boy, where do you get all of this energy from? Y'all want me to let you on a secret? I'm going to tell y'all all a secret if you promise to tell everybody that you know. <laughs> yeah. I run off of. Not solar energy. I run off of Holy Ghost energy, and Holy Ghost energy never runs out. How do you like me now? <laughs> well, he said, so I know. <laughs> so you hitched up the... <laughs> the son of a slave, y'all. I got a testimony. I'm a son of a slave. <laughs> so you hitched <laughs> So was the short bus covered or uncovered? <laughs> Don't mean we go back to wagons, girl. My granddaddy was a blacksmith. The community bus was a wagon, Mary, and it didn't have no roof. It had four wheels and a horse. It had horsepower. <laughs> Where do you think they got horsepower from? Our engines were driven by horsepower. No, for real, the wagon was the community bus. Y'all never been on a pumpkin ride during Saint, uh, October where they put hay in a wagon? Y'all call it a hay wagon. Yeah, but we use it every day. Y'all can call it what you want to. Y'all call it because y'all got to ride in it once a, day. once in a year. We rode in it every day. So we call it our community bus. It got us from one place to the next place without having to walk. 
And if you couldn't even afford to be on there, you could run along beside of it and jump up and hold on the side, baby girl, like it was a box car. Us oh, modern day time, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Sounds like when I first got to Texas, we stopped at a a a, a, whole, a store and they had um, shovels. Well, here we call them snow shovels. And Doug yeah. didn't think well, about it, know. had a dumb moment. And I'm looking at it, I go, why the hell do we need snow shovels in Texas? This 90-year-old man comes up what? and taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, ma'am, those are called shit shovels here. <laughs> well, i got a better story than that, Mary. One of my friends tracked his DNA back to the gold rush of California and the richest person that walked away in California in the gold rush was a black man that sold everybody shovels. Yeah, how you like him now? Guess what, you guys? Shoveling is a art. We're talking about shoveling one thing over here and shoveling one thing over there. It doesn't really matter what you shovel. I know a guy right here in Georgia that got rich off of shoveling shit, chicken shit. He bags it up and he sells it and he fronts it to Ace Hardware, and you think Country Boy is full of shit. This guy is more full of shit than I am. He sells shit, not bullshit. He sells chicken shit, <laughs> which is bad. Chicken shit or bullshit. Regardless of whether you look at it, it's just here. Just like when they talked about the religions, when I talked to you guys about religions, I already dropped the announcement that all religions, announcement, announcement, all religions are good religions. It's the people inside of the religions that do things that make the religions bad. I'm from the country, country boy. Four more miles north of my home is something called the head, not the tail, of the Chattahoochee National River. But when I first met my first friend in college, he says, oh, you live over there by that little pond. Then another friend of mine called me a lake. And then somebody else called me the river. I flow all the way from the northeast Georgia mountains to the ocean in Miami. Some people call me the ocean. But guess what? I just told you, even though we love the sunshine, we must still accept some rain. It's raining on me now. I forgot to tell you all, when it rains, it don't just rain on one house, and it's raining on me right now. So if y'all don't want to get wet, you better stand back. Why? Because they call me a pond, they call me a lake, they call me a river, they call me the ocean, they call me rain. You can call me whatever you want to. I'm still water. That's why I say you can call me Krishna. You can call me Buddha. You can call me Muhammad. You can call me Presbyterian. You can call me Baptist. You can call it what you want to call it. Just call it love. It comes in different shapes, forms, and fashions. One nation under love, our people coming together to hook up with each other because it truly is a blessing to be a blessing. And if everybody could bless themselves, then we wouldn't need each other. But in order for you to be blessed, you must, now maybe, be at the right place, at the right time, with the right people. Hello? (laughs) That is so true. And as sad as it is for me to say, we are out of time for today. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to hearing you, seeing you tomorrow. Same time. Same channel. Same channel. Same. (laughs) And don't forget, tomorrow, our Friday, is a special show at noon Eastern. 
and it is a celebration of Len Kane and his birthday. And the Golden Rule Society, which will lead up into our Tuesday special edition show, the 51st anniversary of the Golden Rule Society. So, have a good day. So y'all, Have a good night. And y'all come back to see us now. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs> Love you guys.